What up, what up? Happy Tuesday, Wholesale Chameleon family. We're back with another subscriber first wholesale deal interview. But today, I got the lady, the girl's power on to represent. Um, I'm going to bring her on, have her share with you guys her stories, how she got her first wholesale deal, break it down so you guys can understand. Have any questions, comment below. And um, she, Andrea is coming from North Carolina. North Carolina. The deal that she got is drive for dollar. Yes. Her first wholesale deal, $6,198.50. You guys, help me welcome Andrell. What Thank up? you, Sean. It's an honor to be on your channel. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thank you so much for taking the precious time out of your day to jump on to do this. Um, also, too, is those of you who recently closed your first wholesale deal, love to bring you guys onto the channel. So drop me an email. Email me, email me at wholesale2millions with an S at gmail.com with a picture of the check of the money. <laughs> uh, also, oh, or you can also too is follow me on um, follow me on Instagram. You can DM me there um, at Kong K H A N G dot like a period W T M. Um, also too, is that if you haven't subscribed to the channel, boom, smash that subscribe button. And if this interview add any value to you, even a little tiny bit, or you enjoy me or, or you enjoy me doing the subscribe first wholesale deal interview where you got a lot of value out of it, please let me know by smashing that thumbs up. And if you don't get any value, shit, let me know, smash it, smash the thumbs down. All right, let's rock and roll. Andrell. Um, yes. Let me, um, I'm going to have you uh, share with everybody your story. Give me the dirt. Like, give me like your story. Wow. Okay. So, um, January 2019 for me was just the year that I said that I wanted to direct my focus more towards the real estate side of things. And um, I came across your channel. Very inspirational. Uh, you're very funny. And I adapted to it. And I was like, this guy is funny. Like, he's really funny. Like, your mannerisms and things like that. I was just, you know, amazed by that. And also how you gave back. So, watching your channel, um, also came across Max Maxwell. He's actually um, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina. So, we are literally about 30 minutes apart. And um, so this year, you know, I write out my goals every single year. So this year I said, you know what, I'm going to focus on the wholesaling piece. Um, and I don't believe in coincidences, but he actually started the, um, what was it, the challenge. He had some type of challenge going at the time to get your first wholesale deal, I think, within a certain amount of time, uh, 30 days or something like that. So I was like, okay, cool. This gives me like a, a roadmap to follow. And um we had a task to uh, upload some properties into the deal machine app. And I think we had to get like 50 properties or so. So I remember that week, um, that weekend, actually, I went out that Saturday and I had, um, I'm, I probably got like 30 properties. Um, and I had a prior, uh, another engagement to go to. So I was just like, oh my God, I didn't get 50 today. So I was beating myself up. Um, that Sunday, you know, I got up on Sunday, Sundays, I kind of try to keep light, you know, just to relax, to meditate. But that Sunday, I was like, you know what, you didn't get your, your 50. I want you to get up out the bed and I want you to go driving for dollars to get the rest of your properties. 
And so I did that. Um, I went out and I, I was just riding and just using my app. And um, ironically, I came across Diedrich Polite and Crystal Polite at a property. I, I didn't even know who they were. That was on that Sunday, same Sunday I got my deal. And they were looking at properties, taking pictures, and I just pulled up to them. And I was, you know, just had a brief conversation with them. And they was like, yeah, we know Max. And I was like, well, I'm doing this challenge. And, you know, so that was kind of ironic. And they told me who they were. And um, they're doing amazing things. So I continued on my journey. And I came across this house. And the house had a, um, a notice from the city on it because it was um, – they had to bring it up to cold because it was kind of one of the rooms were burnt like it was just burnt so anyway so i went up there to the um to the property and i was like okay let me write down the address for some reason i didn't or i did do the deal machine on that but but because it was so close to where i lived i was like i'm just gonna go back home and i'm gonna go ahead and try to find this owner right now um so i wrote down all the information and um, that Monday, actually, that Monday, I called. It was Martin Luther King's Day. I called and I was like, hey, you know, I saw this property at such and such and such address. Um, are you interested in selling? The house appeared to be vacant. And he was like, you know, if the money is right. And I was like, okay. I was like, um, you know, well, you know, I asked him some other questions. I was like, well, when can I come and take a look at the property? He was like, um, we can do today. So I was like, okay, <laughs> so I will be there. So I gave him a time. Um, he met me at the property. When I walked in the door, I literally walked into a deal um, because the price that he, he gave me was already workable. I was just like, wow, like this is really about to happen. <laughs> so, um, you know, I went through the property. I was like uh, video recording everything and it, it wasn't bad at all. It's, it's I mean, he actually started some of the work in the property himself, and then he decided to stop working and, and get this. He's actually a realtor. It was one of his properties that his tenant had, and um, <laughs> and so he was like, you know, I just want to get rid of it, and I was like, okay, and so um, I walked through, proceeded through the house or whatever, and I started recording still, and then I was like, okay, so I think... Um, I was like, you know, let me go back. Let me let me run some things over with my team, and you know, we'll see if we can get your offer in. So he was like, okay, and um, I, I get back home. I was like, oh my god, the numbers work. Like, well, okay, so let me try to get him down a little bit more. So I called him and I said, hey, um, I think it was maybe that Wednesday, and I said, when can I come back out to the property because I want to get pictures this time, and I also want to go ahead and, and, and give your offer. So he said, well, I'm not available today, which was that Wednesday. He said, we can meet tomorrow, which was that Thursday, which was my birthday. And so I go over um, to take pictures. And um, he, was, he was telling me, he said, you know what? I had another person. They came in to offer me this amount, and I declined. And, you know, um, I was like, okay, well, I understand that. Well, can you meet me? at a certain amount. He was like, sure, which I'll give you all the numbers in a minute. But he was like, sure. Um, I was like, can you come down? Can you meet me here? And he was like, we can do that. And so I was ready for him to sign the contract like on the spot, like Max was doing in his videos. But, but he was like, no, I just don't do it like that. Like, I'm going to go home and, you know, read over everything. And I was like, okay. And so um, I said, well, you know, I'll get it over to you then so you can review it. And he came back. Um, and when he came back, he was just like, um, 
this this is an assignment, this and this and this. And if you're trying to wholesale it, I don't think it's going to work. And I said, listen, it's going to work. Like, I'm, I'm confident that it's going to work. It's going to work. So he was like, well, I'm going to need $500 um, deposit. And I was like, the earnest deposit. And I was just like, no, let's not do, let's not do $500 earnest deposit. We could do something more. And he was like, well, what about 100 I said, okay, 100 is going to work. So I would do that. And then he sent the contract back and he had edited like crazy. And I'm like, what? Is I was like, what is going on? And he just crossed out stuff. And I was just like, this is not going to go good. But I was like, you know, I was still hopeful. But I was just like, the edits to this, like, why is he doing this? Um, and so then um, he already had the lockbox on the property. So after he, he brought it back, he signed it, I signed it. I marketed that property on that Friday. Um, that Saturday, I um, had some buyers to come out and I got on the contract that Saturday. So literally within the week, <clears throat> um, I found the property, locked it up on the contract by Saturday. Um, and then Sunday, I sent the email over to the attorney. And then, Everything seemed like it was going well. Um, and the guy that I had, I don't know if you want me to talk numbers doing this or yes. you know, ask me questions on the numbers. Um, <clears throat> the guy wanted, um, when I walked in originally, he said $25,000. Um, he said, you know, someone came to give me an offer at um, 21, I think he said. He was like, and I declined. So we actually end up agreeing on 22.5. So 22.5 was the amount. And so when I market, when I sent out the, um, the marketing for that particular property, I did 28.5. And because I was like, okay, I got to have room for negotiating. And um, I wanted to walk away with at least 5,000. <laughs> so I was like, okay, 28.5 is what I'm putting out here. And when I, um, my buyer that signed the contract, he, he was just so excited. He was just like, oh, I'm so excited. He actually wanted the property for himself to go in to fix up. Um, I would say roughly about 10,000 in repairs. It um, was worth about 59,000, um, approximately 59,000. And so the guy, he was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. You know, he was in the backyard just looking and everything went well. Um, I got a $500 deposit from him to hold the property. And I took the 500 from that, gave the attorney, you know, the full amount, um, as well as the $100 that the seller was requesting. And he wanted verification of that. So the attorney did that. So... <laughs> The guy that purchased the property, I don't know if this was his first time purchasing the property or what the case was, but he was antsy to get it. Like, he was just like, I'm ready to close um, next Friday. Next Friday, I have, all, I have all the funds. I was like, well, we have to wait on the attorney. You know, we're going to do things right. We're going to go through the attorney. And um, once she gives me a date, I'll let you know. So long story short with this, when we went to the attorney, um, the attorney, I went into the attorney office that Monday. And she told me specifically, she said, you know what? We should be closing by the early part of next week. That's what I relate. I, I relayed that message to the buyer. I said, you know what? She said, we should be closing by the early part of next week. Um, so during this time frame, the early part of next week came and I still didn't hear anything from the attorney. So I'm like, okay, you know, send her an email because my buyer was like, when are we closing? When are we closing? I was like, well, it's Monday today. She said the early part of next week, so maybe by Wednesday. 
Like, I don't know, like I'm still waiting. So she responded back to my email. She's like, well, I'm still waiting on the title work to come back, whatever the case is. And I was like, okay. So I told him that. And then Tuesday came, the buyer emailed me, or texted me again. And he was like, Hey, when are we closing? I was like, um, she's still waiting on the title work to come back. Um, and then Wednesday came, he sent me another message. He said, I took off work today. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't say like a definite that we were going to close. So then I said, you know what? I'm going to give you the attorney's number. You can talk to her, you know, because he was literally emailing, texting, like he was so ready to close. And then, um, uh, then he, his son, because he speaks Spanish, she speaks a little bit of English. His son texted me. His son was like, well, we can't find the attorney's office. Um, like what's going on? And I'm like, the attorney, like I screenshot at the office because it does look like apartments. <laughs> so I, I, I did a screenshot, sent it over, sent the, um, the Google listing and everything. And so the attorney finally sent me a message back and she said, I have the information back. We can close next week. So we're still in the same week and we, we couldn't close. So next thing I know, I get an email, I mean, a text message from my buyer. And he was like, I don't know what's going on here, but I got an agent. And I was like, oh my gosh, now he has an agent. He went to hire an agent. And I was like, this is not good. Like, this, this, this really isn't good. Like, why would he go and get an agent? And, and I can understand because, you know, he speaks Spanish. So he said, contact my agent. So I contact her. She was like, I don't know what's going on. Um, he said that he doesn't understand and he thinks it's fraud and all this other stuff. And I was like, huh? And then she was like, well, he can't find the attorney. I'm like, he can't find the attorney. So I was like, let me get the attorney on the line. So I did a conference call with the attorney and the agent. And the attorney was like, you know, I, you know, I, I spoke with his son, made everything clear, told him about the title, I mean, the insurance, the title insurance and things like that. And the uh, agent was like, well, he told me that you told him that he couldn't get insurance. And it was just a big mess. And the agent was like, you know what, I'm going to need to see a copy of this hood um at least two days two days before we even close and i was just like here we go this is messy <laughs> so the following week um we would do the close i think on the 15th i can't remember but the attorney my my attorney she sent me a copy of the hood she cc'd his agent a copy of the hood and everything just went left after that so she had a copy of the hood. She had a copy of the assignment contract. And my buyer texted me. He was like, this is fraud. I don't even know what type of paperwork you had me sign. That's not a real estate contract. And um, what else? The, the insurance is too low. I was like, this doesn't even sound like him. So I knew it was the agent putting this in his ear. And he was like, that's fraud. I don't know what I signed. So I immediately called his agent. I said, hey. I said, I'm not sure, you know, what happened with this. I said, but my buyer is coming to me and he's thinking it's fraud and the paperwork is not bad. And she was like, well, that's not a purchase agreement for real estate. And I don't know what you guys are doing. Like, wh like what is this? And I was just like, yeah, I'm assigning the contract. She's like, that's illegal. And I said, okay, so I get it. That's why he's now thinking that everything is illegal because this is what you're feeding him.
She's like, no, that, 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 that's illegal. You can't do that. And this, and this, and this. And I was like, uh, she was like, well, if you don't find, if we don't use another attorney, then he's okay with just losing his $500. And I was like, find another attorney. And so, you know, then, then it, it was just so messy. So anyway, I contacted the buyer. I said, I really want you to get this house because I saw, you know, how you wanted this property. And he was like, well, you can use this attorney, and which was his agent's attorney. And I called and I asked, I said, hey, are you guys investor friendly um, attorneys? They was like, no, they don't do wholesaling. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm just like, this is so bad. Like, and I told her and I said, I don't want my reputation to be out there as if I'm putting out fraudulent or doing something fraudulent when that's not the case. And I told her that I said, it's just something that you're not familiar with and you don't understand, but it is technically legal. So I told the buyer, I said, listen, you're the attorney that you're trying to use. They're not investor friendly. You know, if you can find another one by this certain time frame, then we can kind of work on it. I'll give you the option to kind of choose being that he didn't trust the attorney that I had. And, and so time was winding down. I contacted the seller. I said, Hey, you know, this is what the issue is. Um, he doesn't feel comfortable with my attorney. He, you know, his agent kind of is in his ear telling him the wrong things. And I was like, so, you know, I'm going to get another buyer. So he was like, you know what? That's fine. He, he's missing out on a good deal. So he was, the seller was okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So, you know, so he, that didn't go well. I still had the $500 at the attorney's office. So immediately, um, that following Friday, we were supposed to close that Thursday, that following Friday, I went back, marked it again, like late night, 11 p.m. And when I woke up in the morning, I had so many hits. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I started texting everybody on the phone, like early in the morning, I was like, open house, open house, open house, open house, like today, today, today. <laughs> so um, when I got there, was like, I did open house from like 10 to 11. And so when I got there, um, it was two people already there. Um, I opened up the door and um, one of the couple, one of the, actually the lady that, or the girl that bought it, she came with her husband, her father, the kid, like it, there, it was so many of them. I was like, oh my goodness. Her father came to me and said, you know, would you take 25000 for this? I was like, no. And I was like, you know, the people up there, they're offering way more than what you guys are offering. And I walked away. <laughs> and so they were talking and talking and talking. And um, the, the girl, she really liked the house. And she actually wanted the house for herself, too. And um, so she came to me and she was like, hey, would you take, she said, what do you, she said, what's what the asking? I said, 28.5. She was like, would you take 29? Because she saw somebody else coming up too. She was like, would you take 29? And I was like, 29? Like, that's more than what I'm asking. I was like, yes, let's go ahead and <laughs> sign the contract. <laughs> so, um, you know, we signed a contract. And so she was just like, well, um, like we would have the money Monday to close. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And then she's like, well, what else? You know, what about closing costs? I said, you know what? Don't worry about the closing costs. I will cover that because I already had $500 from the other guy. So I said, you know what? I'll cover the closing costs. And um, so she was like, okay, because I really want this house. And she said, the last house that I attempted to get, we were there and somebody outbidded us. So she was like, she was really nervous that she was going to lose the property. And she was like, you know, let, let's sign. She's like, no, no, don't let nobody else see the house. Don't let nobody else see the house. So uh, we signed. Uh, closing with that went pretty, it went pretty fast. She just had, the attorney just had to switch out the names because the title work was already done. 
And so um, the first deal fell apart and this deal fell together and it was more than what I even originally wanted. So I was like, it just worked out in the end, you know? Um, I didn't give up. I went right back and started marketing the property. I knew that I, I knew it was a good deal and, um, and, and it just came through. And I was like, wow, I even got more than the 5,000 that I was asking. So, you know, that was, that was pretty good. Um, and, and the thing was with the first guy that bought the property, he wanted the house for himself. And he also asked me, he's like, Hey, I need a property for my son too. But that was like left, like, because I guess my credibility or whatever. And ironically, this girl that purchased the house, her father was like, can you give me a house? So I was like, wow. So I still <laughs> end up getting that, um, like a two for one buyer at one thing. So it all worked out. It was just, you know, a couple of twists and turns, but stuck with it. So. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Love it. Absolutely. Like you can't, you, you got me like. The story, the way you tell the story, I love it. Great storyteller. I love it. So um, I think you cover pretty much everything already. Um, the only thing is that how did you found – so the buyer came from – I know you, so you said Facebook, right? That, the second buyer came from Facebook. The first buyer came from Craigslist. Okay, Craigslist. Okay, yeah. so one Craigslist and then one uh, Facebook. Facebook. Everybody probably want to know. Because you, you advertise it on Craigslist. So what are some stuff that you put on Craigslist? Do you put the property address or, or what? I, did, I didn't include the property address. Um, I just had the picture on it and that it was, you know, an assignment contract, um, handyman special. That's what I put in the title, handyman special. Good. Great. Okay. And um, so, so the seller that you work with is also an agent. And he read... He read the contract and said that you were trying to wholesale and then somehow you convince him. So you, so basically he knows it. So you figure, you know what, whatever, he know it. Let's just go ahead and, and, and go with the flow. Absolutely. It, it was, it was crazy to me that he was even an agent trying to sell the problem. Like, so yeah. that was like throwing up red flags. So I was like, what, why is he not selling his own property? And I asked him, you know, when I walked, when I got back the second time, I was like, why are you not listing the property? Like, why are you not? And then he was like, well, my accountant, something with his accountant, I don't know, whatever, I don't know what he was talking about. He was like, something with whatever the case was, I don't know. <laughs> but it worked out. And so I was like, okay. And he's like, and my wife, she doesn't want to keep this one as a rental anymore, and she wants to go and do something else. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But it was just ironic, because I'm like, he's already a realtor. Yep. And um. It, it it was just like he knew the lingo and he was just like I I already know how to wholesale this this and this and I don't think this is gonna work if you're trying to do that and, this and, this. and I was like okay but I was like it's gonna work I love I gotta say that I love your attitude you went through the whole thing you're like eh, whatever let's go <laughs> like come on bring it let's go bring it on <laughs> I was I was just pumped and ready to go yeah. <laughs> already right i was like because he was like yeah you can do because he was talking to me as if i was going to buy it first and i was like well no i'm my partner and he was like looking at, he was like you trying to you trying to do a wholesale <laughs> and i was like yes you know and um and and to this day he he we still kept in contact because he noticed like how hard i'm gonna go and so now he sends me deals to review i was like hey do you have a buyer for this so um like i said i don't believe in coincidences it was it 
worked out how it was supposed to. And so, you know, we, we formed a, a good relationship now and, you know, working together on some things. So. Great, great. And the things you guys, I, 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 like, that's why you, when you go on, like, you don't know what's, what's in the seller's head, what they're thinking. Listen, it's an agent. He could have listed instead of wanting to list it. He wants to sell it off market. So don't go in and, and you know what I mean? So you don't know what situation or what is going in their head. So don't try to like predict, oh, it's not going to work. You know, you just need to go into the situation trying to figure out what is what it is and, and how you can make it work. Um, now, <clears throat> I, I, I even like how, so the earnest money, you guys, it comes up when you dealing with, you know, seller that are like, in this case, he's an agent. So he, he automatically brought up the whole earnest money. I like how you negotiate with him and say, $500, not going to work, man. Got to be a hundred. I love the negotiating. So now my other question for you is Andrea, is that the, um, the title work. So next time, and I don't know if you know this, but next time, Andrea, if you ever come across like a title, uh, a title report like this, you can always ask the attorney say, Hey, I want to guess, I want to get a rush on this. Mm -hmm. So typically it takes them longer if they just go ahead and, and, and pull it. But if you put a rush on it, they charge, they charge a little bit more, but typically uh, the buyers that the, the, the pay for it, I mean, it's, it's only like a little bit more money, but it gets the title report typically for you either the same day or possibly the next day. So that way people, that way, that's why people can close within two, three days because they put the, the uh, they get a rush on the title report. Um, now my question for you is now on the buyer, did, were, are you the one who brought up the, the, uh, the 500 non-refundable or is the buyer the one who brought up the, the 500? <laughs> I just, I bring it up like on the spot. Like, you know, um, when we signed the contract, um, on the spot, I had a buyer to sign on the spot and I was like, I'm going to need $500 to mm. And he was like, okay, I'm going to call my wife. And he called his wife and she went to the, you know, get the, um, money order and she met me back at the property. So I didn't even leave the property until I had the money. And <laughs> nice. nice. So now here, so now here's another tip, uh, from me to you is that typically on the non-refundable when you do, when you deal with buyers, buyers sometimes ask you, so how much, in the, how, how much deposit do you want? You always ask them, how much can you put down? Cause this guy, Andrell, he wants it so bad. He could have told you a thousand or $2,000, right? right? And then he would, and then if he walked away, it, that's, that's in your pocket. You know what I mean? So I want you guys to understand. That's why you want the buyer. You want to get the, the most non-refundable from the buyer as possible because something like this can potentially happen is that when they have so little skin in the game, they just walk away. Right. And, and all that effort, again, you got to start over in, in this case, um, Andrea has a hot deal. So it, it was easier for her to sell, but I'm just saying it's just starting the process all over again. Um, so typically you ask the buyer, how much can they put down? And typically would they, especially if they are this excited, they're afraid to lose it. They will tell you a number where it, uh, like it, it could have been way more than, than, than what you wanted. Yeah. But if it's, let's just say if it's less then you would tell them, um, you know what? And the thing is, Andre, you want to put, you want to make sure that you're not the one who is discussing the price with them. Just say, Hey, you know, typically my partner, it's not going to be happy with the two or three or 500. If you want to get this done, 
you know, typically my partner, you know, so that way there's a good guy and a bad guy. So that way you don't have anything with them, right? It's like you're the good guy. Your partner, Kong, is the bad guy. You know, typically my partner, Kong, he wants like at least, you know, a thousand or two thousand. You know what I mean? So if I were you, ask the buyer first how much they can put down. So what's the most you can put down, right? It's just like when you're negotiating with the seller. Have them give you a price first and then go from there. Um, man, I mean, um, you, you, you tell the story. So the ARV is 59 mm-hmm. and, uh, God, hustle up, yes. <laughs> hustle up. Um, I had it made up in my mind that I was going to get it done within that time frame, within what, 30 days. Yep. So I literally had the, the found the house and had it on the contract all, um, excuse, I'm sorry, all no within that week. And you know, and then, you know, of course I had to start over, but I'm not using an attorney anymore because this is, that, that was really like the third deal that she kind of like was dropping a ball on. Um, but, uh, and then she's in the office by herself and she was like, well, it's the end of the month and I'm, you know, it's, I have a lot going on. And I was just like, oh no, we can't, we can't do this anymore. So, you know, that was a learning lesson for me um as well you know going through the process so i since then contacted other attorneys and we can do what you said try to rush closes and things so yeah no good good and i agree you definitely want to have a good attorney or a title company on your side making sure that they do whatever they can you know when they need to put in some extra time to get it done that they get it done for you um the one thing i was going to say something on this was um there's one more thing that i want to say but i for oh yeah so, Andrea, I don't know if you, do you, do you ever text the buyer back, like, like that first buyer and said, hey, this property was sold for this much? Have you? Um, actually, his son reached out to me because mm-hmm. his son was like, you know, uh, I don't know what my father's doing, but I still need a house, <laughs> you know? And he was like, is that house still available? And he tried to get me. I was like, no, that house sold. Good. So, he tried to relay that, and then he came back, and he was like, well, I need, I need one, you know? And I was like, okay, cool. Good, good. So for those of you, here's another tip that I would recommend doing. And this is what I did when I first, even till now, this is what I do. So when you get the property sold, I want you to text, email, call, however you can to let all the other buyer that did not buy the deal, let them know that it's sold. Like you don't have to tell them how much it's sold for, but let them know it's sold. Because now they'll be like, dang. So when you send out your deal, they're going to look more closely at your deal because they are, they wondering why, like I didn't buy it. How did, how did they sold, you know, how did you sold it so quick? Like uh, things like that. So it gets, you know, it, it, it like it gets them going also too, especially in this case, um, like your first buyer, uh, Andra, it seems like he's legit. It seems like he's ready to pull the trigger. It's just that the agent got involved and then it got, he got all scared and worried about it. So I would let him know, Hey, this deal is legit. We just sold it. So I'll keep you posted on the next deal. I'll send it to you and, you know, and you know what I mean? Because he seems like a legit buyer. Absolutely. Awesome. So what I do want to know before we wrap this up is I want to know your story. So what you doing now? How did, how did you got into the whole wholesaling gig? Goodness. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so um, like way back in two, uh, 2008, I had my first home built. Um, and from there, I wanted to tap into real estate, you know, um, just going through that whole process. And I went to a, co- a local community college here back then 
to uh, get my real estate license and no lie when i got in there probably like a mm, couple of weeks into the class the professor said if you want to be a real estate investor you don't need your license and i was like say no more <laughs> so um so for me i knew that's what i wanted i just didn't know you know how to go about it so i went try to you know that that route but he said when he said that i was like wow and i didn't finish the class i see how my books and everything you know a little bit of studying that, that i did do and then he talked about everything as far as you know the level of accountability agents has if they don't disclose certain things they get fined and i was like i don't want the headache um you know i want to be an investor so at that point i found a local ria around 2010-ish or after that, um, found a local RIA. I was just online. I was like, ooh, how am I going to do this? And went to a local RIA. Um, their topics, it, it wasn't organized because they were just all over everywhere with different topics. But um, during the networking part, I heard someone talk about getting $5,000. And he was like, yeah, I got $5,000. And I was like, what do you do? He was like, I wholesale the deal. And I'm like, you did what? He was like, I wholesaled it. And I'm like, so you don't have to have a license? To, to do that part of it, he was like, no, because my mind was to get money up to invest, get my own money up to invest. And when he said that, I was like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> I can do that. Mind you, this is back in 2010. So at that point, the internet wasn't, information wasn't as prevalent as it is now. So it wasn't, we can go to YouTube and, and try to figure this out. There was no one like yourself or Max, no, no one out there giving away this information. So. I didn't know where to go. I didn't have a contract. I didn't know nothing about no formulas. I just knew you could get a middleman cut and I was out and um, I connected with a local gentleman here because he was he did a local class about private money and we connected so much. At that time, they had HUD keys, like HUD keys, like it was just one master key for all the HUD houses. So he actually gave me a key to all the HUD houses in North Carolina. And I was just like, going, he was like, if anybody asks, tell them you work for me. I was like, cool. So I was just in and out of properties. <laughs> and, um, and it still didn't click for me. And then I found one guy that had a property was already fixed up. And I was like, yes, I'm going to go to the RIA. I'm going to tell them I have this property. And come to find out it was a, a whole, it was like a wholesaler that was trying to do a hotel or something. He fixed it up, but he wanted to sell. So I was trying to sell, it, it was a mess. And I didn't have a contract at first. And I was like, I know this guy's probably gonna go around me to try to get this. I just told him a price and didn't even know the numbers. Like I just tacked my fee on to whatever the other guy said, basically. <laughs> so after that didn't work, I put it on the back burner. Um, of course, we know what happened in 2008, the market crashed. So um, I was working for a Fortune 500 company in sales. So that's why I get some of my sales those skills from whatever negotiating and things like that um i was in the sales department and the company shut down so i lost the job um i picked up another job but during that time frame i started to coach others about finances and being mindful about the debt that they had and just preparing for emergencies and things like that um and it kind of took off so i started doing more of a consulting type business and I still do that now. Um, now I'm just geared more towards women, but I kind of consult them about finances and now investing because I do investing passively, but um, my forefront was my consulting business. And I actually ended up with a Forbes feature 
because I did like a 365 day no spend challenge to get out of debt and save money to invest. And Forbes had reached out and they wanted to do a feature on me. They was like, you know, we want to know your story about how, you know, how you was able to do this and the, the sacrifices that you were able to make. And I was like, okay, cool. So I did that. Um, now I was doing that from what, 2013, I'm still doing it now, but something clicked this year for me where now my consulting business is on a back burner. Um, I still have a corporate America job. So trying to do corporate America plus consulting, I'm like, something has to give. Real estate is going to be that piece that I need to focus on primarily to get the numbers that I need to be able to leave the nine to five so I can focus fully on leveraging the real estate side and having the freedom to go and coach like I want to, to, you know, just to, to teach others and things like that. So that's primarily the reason because the, the, the checks were nice from the consultant, you know, the passive income from the sales that I was getting from the online university. But when I see your stuff, like, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, you know, just not, it's just motivation, you know? And I'm like, what? Who's making this in a month? Like, okay, so shift your focus. Um, and, and like I said, everything kind of lined up. I ended up meeting another guy um 2013-ish uh, in 2016 he gave me access to his wholesale course for free so i had the information it was just that when i'm focused on one thing i'm focused on that thing and um consulting was that thing for me but this year my focus has been wholesaling and the results showed you know so whatever you put your mind to and you're focused on that you can see the results from it and so that that's pretty much what's starting to happen in 2019 so Girl, I got to say R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And I'm surprised I can spell that. <laughs> so, um, Andrew, congrats. You're super awesome. Love the stories. Love your personalities. Love your character. So, I do want to know is that since 2008 to uh, 2019, what is the one thing that you said that all of a sudden it triggered? Because you said it Something trigger it this year. I want to know what that is. Like, what is that that trigger you to like, like do it? To, to do it this year for me is because I know the level of which I want to help people. Um, not knocking a nine to five. Like, I always wanted to be my own boss. Mm. Um, I wanted to. I wanted that time freedom. I wanted the independence. I know the value of um, just creating something. To I, I'm, I'm big on leaving legacies. Um, building wealth. So I'm very smart and strategic about the moves I make. But you know what? Sometimes you can hear a message and you're not mature enough to handle the message at that time. Um, so that's where I was then. And so, you know, coming into 2019, I was like, I get it, you know? And so for me, I was like, okay, that's it. You, you, you know what you have to do. You know the vehicle that's going to get you there. So you have to shift your focus so you can do that, create your leverage, and give you time where you can come back and do what you're passionate, you know, what you're passionate about. But um, I, that that was it. And then seeing, like, I literally come with through all like your videos. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, lift. I, I work from home, so I have the flexibility here on my computer here, my laptop here, where I'm just listening to you in my ear, and I'm just working on a job. And I'm like, wow, like it's, it's motivating me. I'm like, you have to keep going. You know, because your story is very inspiring and we all have stories. And I was like, this is so possible. And that first check was like, okay, man, you see what will happen if you, if you, if you're focused on this one thing. 
And by doing that, I feel like I can help so many more people because they need it. Um, and just and just help and give back. So it, it 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 was that was it for me. I just knew. And then the job is my job is I've been here what since what ten years, and I got a, um, a air fryer on my air anniversary, and I'm just like I'm, I'm appreciative. <laughs> I'm so appreciative, but I know the role that it's playing because it's helping me fund what I really want to do. And so um, I look at it from that angle. And then, um, and then of course, with my house, I, I, like I, I just got smarter through the whole process. I have a three-bedroom home, two-story house, and it's just me, you know? So I rent out two of my rooms, and it covers my mortgage. And I'm just like, you know, I'm taking that money and, um, and putting that into passive investing vehicles. So it's long-term for me. I love it. I mean, I don't know what else to say about this girl, man. She is. <laughs> love it. Now, Andre, you, you brought up something. You, you mentioned how you, sometimes you hear something, but you're not in, like, like it, that time of your life, it's like you're not ready to, like, understand or receive it, whatever you want to say it, uh, how, how, or however you guys want to say it. So, a couple years ago, I want to tell you guys a short, quick short story. A couple years ago, um, one of my, uh, when we were working in the mall, one of my wife's friend came up to her and told her about the whole, the movie, the secret, tell her about how, yeah, tell her how crazy this book is, yada, 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 but she pushed it away. Like, like, like she pushed it away. Like it was nothing. Like it goes in and then it just goes out. But the, but the year when we were, when we were 27, how I told you guys the story, we went to Vietnam, we came back, she got depressed because she wanted to be so much more, but her mind tell her that she can't have it. It's like when you truly want something so, so bad, it's like, it's like you can't live without it, right? She wants to become financially free. She wanted to become a millionaire. She wanted to become a multimillionaire, but her mind tells her like, you can never have that. Like forever in your life, you can never have it. Even, you know. So she went depressed and all of a sudden she went to the mall one day, the security guy talks to her and somehow it comes up. The whole thing came up again, called the movie, the secret wow. so at that time of her life, you know, it's maybe she's ready or whatever it is, came home, watched the movie and then it's exploded. And that's when she, her beliefs become now, Hey, wow, I can achieve anything I want. So that's the movie that did it for her. Like she just went home. I went home one day and she said, Kong, I know exactly what I want. Oh my gosh, we can have anything we want in life, Kong, if we're willing. Like we can't have anything that we desire. So we came home one day. She said she got in real estate. What for me, it was think and grow rich. That's what did it for me. I went and just massive listened to the audio. Like you guys know I don't read books. So I just listened to Napoleon Hill on the audio. No more no more love song in the car. It's on the Napoleon Hill from that on. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of times what it is, is you hear things over and over again. But maybe at that time of your life, it just for some reason it doesn't click. And all of a sudden one time it just clicked and it, it's, it's the missing link to your puzzle. So um, Andrea, thank you so much for your- I, I love The Secret. I, I love The Secret uh, movie, the audio. Think and Grow Rich, that's one of my favorites, along with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And um, Think and Grow Rich, there's a, it's a movie to that. Um, it's like a documentary for that. Mm. And my mentor here in uh, Kernsville, North Carolina, his name is Joe Dudley. He's an older guy. He's in that. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, uh, what's his name? His name is Joe Dudley. J-O-E Dudley. So he's in that movie that um, 
or the documentary that they did around the Think and Grow Rich. And he's, he's very influential here um, in, in our area. So I'm, I'm just amazed to be connected to so many great people and, you know, to have this knowledge. So I have to play my part and just help people best way I can. So. Yeah, I love it. So, yeah, no, uh, so when the wife, when she watched the movie The Secret, guess who she hired to be her mentor? Well, it wasn't even a one-on-one. -on -one. It was like through his program, Bob Proctor. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I think she went and she went and spent like, I think it's like either five or $7,000 wow. to take his course. And it's all about mindset, shifting your mindset, you know, the abundance and, and just it's, yeah, it's, uh, she went on. It really took it very, very like seriously and listen, watching every single night. But, uh, anyone, Dre, um, we're going to wrap this up. I do want to let everybody know how, um, I want to you to give some last word for those that are starting out, maybe in a verge of giving up. Maybe they've been going at it for a while and haven't seen any results. Um, you know, so, so what are some tips, advice, motivation, inspirations that you can tell them? And then um, also to wrap it up is how can they connect with you? Okay. I want to say that first of all, you have to, I, I monitor what I consume. So, you know, you have to, if, if you're on social media, sometimes you have to unfollow certain people, follow like-minded people, follow the people that you're doing, that, that are doing what you want to do so you can pull energy from that. Like, I pull energy from seeing success stories, um, which gives me, that gives me encouragement to keep going and keep pushing through by hearing others. So I would say, one, be mindful of your surroundings. Um, take inventory of the type of people that you're following. Start to follow like-minded people. Um, and then also just understanding the bigger picture, the bigger why, because we all have struggles. We all have our own hurdles to overcome in life. So if you know that, then expect those to happen, but just don't give up. Um, so, you know, that's what's going to, it separates the winners from the losers. If you stop, that's it. You know, that's, that's easy. Don't take the easy way out. Sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice certain things. So make sure you're, you're sacrificing in the right areas to get, what, to get to the level that you want to um, get to. And ultimately, just stay focused on your why. I just can't say that. I mean, what's the, what's the quote that I, I normally do? Um, I can't even think of it right now. But it's just like, you know, it's, it's going to be hard either way. So you, you have to pick your heart or being wealthy is hard or, or what is it? Being poor is hard. Whatever the case is, I want you guys to stay focused. Don't give up. Um, stay connected to like-minded people and um, just keep going. Ask questions, study, but apply. So don't be a student of a student to knowledge, but addicted to edu uh, execution. So once you, you, you study it, then go out and apply it. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Get out there and network. And, um, and, and that's, that's pretty much what I did as well. So I couldn't say it any better. And how do you <laughs> connect with you, Andrea? Yes. Um, I'm actually on uh, all, all social media platforms under Andrea Harris, A-N-D-R-E-L-H-A-R-R-I-S. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook under those names. And then of course the Crete and Wealth Society is my, um, 
that's my online platform for women and um, you know just trying to coach them and help them as well learn how to invest so the Korean Wealth Society is also on Instagram and also on Facebook as well love it and Andre after we're done with this could you shoot me a DM with all of the links that way I can drop it in the uh, that way I can drop it in the uh, descriptions Sure, sure. Awesome. Awesome. Andrea, I want to say thank you so much. Congrats on all the success. You have worked, you have put in all the hard work, you have paid the price and uh, obviously listening to your story. I love it. And for those of you guys and gals out there who haven't got your first wholesale deal done, Andrea, give them the King Kong phrase. One, two, shit. Let's go. Let's get your first deal done. Get you onto the channel and share your stories. If you guys find any value off this, be sure to show us some love, smash that thumbs up, drop us a comment below, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Ciao, Andrea. Bye.